believe I'm recording. Okay, so it's Hello Climate Change. That's the name of the podcast. I'm Amy, and I started this to get at waking up and taking on action, thought, mm, absorbing the reality of um, the state of the world right now as a sort of middle-class person who's kept her head in the sand as much as possible most of my life. Because <laughs> it just made me feel too bad and too overwhelmed and too not smart enough and um, too powerless. And, and um, the state of things in my mind right now has gotten to the point where I actually can't afford to be like that anymore. It's not, not right. So, <clears throat> so today I'm talking to my husband, Jim, for the second, sort of second time. Hi, say hi. Hi. <laughs> um, well, first of all, we should probably check in about where we left off last time, which was we had each taken on a personal challenge of conservation. Um, so you want to talk about yours? Well, the one thing that I picked was to um, refrain from buying plastic bottles of drinks. Yeah. Specifically vitamin water. Right. Which I'm a big fan of. <laughs> yeah. But um, it seems like a pretty wasteful way to drink water <laughs> with a little bit of sweet stuff in it. So, um, and I would mostly get them at work. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't purchased any of those since the last time we talked. Yeah. Um, I did buy a... Last night at the gym, after the gym, I bought a Powerade mm-hmm. that was in a plastic bottle. That was the first and only one I've purchased. Yeah. So that's pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know what? I really like the idea of, and I'd like to maybe figure out for myself, too. It's not that often that I'm... I mean, I work from home, so it's not as big of a deal for me. But I like the idea of the... If you're going to do a workout or something, and you, a long, and we do some very long bike rides... Um, with a group um, where we have to stop and refuel because we run out of water. We did it today. Um, And I've been getting these little sort of pellets that dissolve into the water, and they add flavor and electrolytes and sometimes some calories. And um, But I I noticed today that I I didn't want to, the place that we stopped, I I really didn't want to drink their tap water. It's like very, very close to the road, and I just worried about the quality of ta- mm. of the the well that might be yeah. in that place. It was, an, it was on a corner that was just very tight and uncomfortable. So I ended up my compromise was to buy a gallon, and it was a local spring it was from a local spring. So that made me feel a little bit better about it. But I bought a gallon and shared it out so that other people wouldn't have to buy these single serve bottles of water. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's. And so the thing that I said I would take on, though, was I was thinking about how we dry our workout clothes. We we don't put them through the dryer. Um, I mean, there are some people who might listen to this and say, well, you shouldn't be using a dryer at all. You should hang your clothes. I mean, that's way more efficient. And and I'm I'm willing to consider that. But um, but when it comes to the workout clothes, they really can't go out in the, in the sun. They're lycra. Um and they will degrade very, very quickly. And our yard is surrounded by any place where there's shade, there's poison ivy. So the idea of putting a line out in the shade, I realized very quickly, was was not going to work. So it's interesting how small challenges that seem that I kind of kick myself a lot on that one for years because 
as I had said before, we have a dehumidifier in the basement, and I would just feel like it was the dumbest thing that we were hanging our clothes right above the dehumidifier. It would kick on as I was hanging the clothes, and it just felt like very, very wasteful. But, um, but the simple solution I've gotten to so far is that I'm taking the dry clothes upstairs. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the, the clothes that need to hang, I'm just taking them upstairs, and I hung some on the banister, and if there was more, I would have hung it in the bathroom. And today we talked about getting one of those accordion open, I don't even know what they're called, but people have them where you, there's wooden racks that fold out and that you can hang lots of stuff in a little bit of space. So I, I would like to look into getting one of those. I'm sure they're not that hard to find, maybe even secondhand. So that'll be the next move on that front. Um, another thing I just want to mention is that tomorrow, that we are in Connecticut and there's a march on the Capitol in Connecticut tomorrow and some speakers, and um, and we are planning to go. In fact, we tried to organize a bike ride to it, but it looks like we're going to be rained out. But we're still going to go. So maybe next time we talk, we can, we can um, talk mm -hmm. about our experience there. And a truck is driving by <laughs> our house. Okay. So, um, so anyway, when we talked about what we wanted to discuss today, I think where we left off was we were saying that we made sense to sort of step back and just address really from the beginning what is our understanding as individuals of what is climate change and the idea being that that is obviously the first thing that you have to look at and get a hold of before you can tell what makes sense as a response to the problem. And I'm, I'm very sort of antsy about conservation not being the end of the story because I think that it's not going to get us far enough. But um, so when we talked earlier, I said I talked about how I saw it. But I wanted to give you a chance, Jim, to say, um, how do you see it? What is what is what's going on? What's climate change? <laughs> <laughs> and and let me just also say that there's no expectation of you having an expert answer here. This is just two human beings who are trying to grapple with it and figuring it out as we go. So right. so where are you at with that? I'm I'm in good shape then if I'm not supposed to be the expert. Okay, <laughs> perfect. So. As I understand it, um, it used to be called global warming, and still, I guess, should be called global warming, because the, the mechanism that's happening is the, um, the carbon that we produce through a lot of our activities, mostly burning fossil fuels for various things, um, creates this like blanket layer of, of carbon, CO2 in the atmosphere that serves to, to trap heat. Um, the Earth naturally allows a certain amount of heat to go back up into space, but it holds some as well. And that, as I understand it, is how we can actually have life on this planet, right. is because it does hold in heat. Otherwise, we'd just be another cold, rock-hard ball right. out there. Mm -hmm. So it's important to have that mechanism, but we're overdoing it. We're adding an extra layer so that uh, we're slowly increasing the temperature of the oceans, of the atmosphere, and all of the, the, the as the theory goes, a lot of the, the kinds of extreme weather events, droughts, uh, major storms, bigger, badder storms, are all part of the consequences mm. that happen right. because of that warming. And we're at a point now where we can just keep doing what we're doing and keep adding more and more carbon and making the planet warmer and warmer and 
there's a, you know a whole theory out there about what would happen if that continues and it's not good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it eventually would mean like this place would be really hard for us to even live in. Yeah. Um, or we can take some action to try to modify it. I mean, it seems like we're past the point where we won't have any impact from, from climate change or global warming. Uh, but we can do a lot to, to, to sort of slowing the impact mm -hmm. or making it less extreme mm -hmm. so that we can actually try to wrap our arms around it and survive it. So that's it in a nutshell. Okay. So uh, little things that's, that sort of caught me at listening to you. That So some questions. One is, so you're talking about it like there's this theory, and I'm just wondering if, you have questions about the validity of that theory. Well, do I have questions about the validity? No, I don't think I do. I mean, over the last month or so, I've been looking at the, I forget what the acronym is, but it's the UN group, International Climate Change Group, that issues reports regularly about the status of, mm -hmm. of, the, of the planet. And so I've read the different scenarios. and. Right. I mean, they have, it's interesting to read because they have these different terms that they use, like likely, very likely, highly likely, based on the level of certainty that they have mm -hmm. that certain things could happen. So it leads you to believe that, you know, this is all based on what we believe is the best evidence, mm -hmm. but there's no way of knowing 1,000% right. exactly what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they try to be careful and say there's a certain amount of percentage confidence that we have that right. this is a likely scenario. Mm -hmm. So I take it in, in that in that sense as, um, you know, not that I question the theories, but that I understand they're not necessarily going to nail all of this 100%. Right. There's well, a range that they're yeah. trying to let people understand we're likely to be within right. for certain scenarios. And one thing that I've noticed is that the theories that they've put forth about how things would be now have turned out to be very, very conservative, and that they they erred on the side of um, it's not of it being not as bad as it actually is turning out to be. Yeah, I think it's isn't it especially true of the the melting of the uh, ice caps that are happening, They're like the polar. You know that I think that's yes, that's part of it, but I don't think that's the whole going of it. Way faster than right. I mean, that's one example of right. They thought that it wouldn't happen this fast. Well, for instance, uh, at one point they were saying, um, it, I mean, the numbers aren't, you know, not necessarily where you need to focus, but they, but, but they were saying that 350 parts per million of carbon in the atmosphere was the limit before we could get above two per, two degrees Celsius of warming on the planet, um, and we're over 400 now. Um, and the whole, I think month of March was the first month um, of this year, 2015, was the first, first mo full month of over 400 parts per million. So now the scientists are saying it, at least, you know, this is, this is what I'm absorbing, is that, and we're talking about 97% of scientists and something like 2,000 peer-reviewed studies are all in, in agreement that um, you know, it's too late for us to keep within that two degrees warming, which they they had thought maybe four out of a five chance that that would be something we could absorb as humans and still kind of 
keep the planet reasonably habitable for humans, among other species. So taking that in, anything you want to add to that? No. Okay. So, so the next thing that we were talking about earlier, sort of taking all that in, is the question, okay, how, how do we respond? How do we, what does that mean for us as people going about our daily lives? Did you have a thought? You're smiling. Yeah, yeah the first thing that comes <laughs> to my mind is, like, yay, Jim, you didn't drink out of plastic. <laughs> no, I'm not trying it's to like, put you down. Yeah, and that's so, like, pitifully insignificant when you start talking about yeah. making the planet inhospitable. Right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I got to do better than that. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I don't know. Wow. I mean, it, it does raise the issue of are my little efforts. You know, like, I try to take the bus as much as I can. Yeah. All right, well, that's nice. Yeah. Is, like, what does that really mean, though? Yeah. Well, I, w I wouldn't be hard on you about those things. I think that, like, a lot of what we have to face that's very, very difficult to face. <clears throat> There's that saying, no more business as usual. Yeah. But we don't necessarily realize that that applies to us in our individual day-to-day -day activities. I mean, you can make the case yeah. if if everybody took the bus as much as I did, mm -hmm. it would have a huge impact right. on the environment. Right. So I could look at it that way. Yeah, yeah. And and it's, it's I mean, it is, I think it's, it is valuable to be sort putting out a hopeful example because, you know, you've talked about it even on this podcast already, that people are, you're able to talk to your workmates about mm -hmm. how actually it's, it's, it's been a benefit to your life, this thing that you took on that felt like it was going to be a little bit of a hardship and a sacrifice, and it turns out to be this thing where, wow, I get, you know, all this time to myself where I get to relax and I don't have to pay attention to traffic and, mm -hmm. and how, how nice that has become. And, and, you know, we're, it is sort of um, hopeful that, that, the governor of our state is looking to expand public transportation rather than expand the highway infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So, so I what I was saying earlier, and I'll just say again for our friends listening, <laughs> is that where where my mind is going beyond. I mean, I still want to look at my lifestyle and and changes there, but but um um. The harder question for me, where I feel less like I have control or information, is so. So I've heard in a, a few times this idea that about. So basically, the one other piece about climate change that I don't think we said already is that. So the world is getting warmer in general. The climate, you know, and and uh, weather patterns are changing. So where we're living, you know, maybe our winters are getting colder. But in general, the 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 world is getting warmer. Places that are wet are getting wetter, places that are dry are getting drier. Um, all that is happening, but what we didn't say was that, maybe we didn't say clearly, is that humans are causing it. And that's part of that mm -hmm. scientific consensus as well. Right. And, um, and uh, the, another thing that the scientists looked at is how much carbon gets put into the atmosphere by the burning of fossil fuels. And that's the uh, one of the biggest sources in the... I, I, I mean, there's some arguments that I, about other things being sources. You know, there's there's cutting down of forests. There's um, um, agricultural practices that are not all that sustainable as well. There's 
um, methane that is produced by cattle that we um, depend on for food that you know the, so there's a movement towards less of that um, <clears throat> so there's a lot of a lot of other things that could be looked at too but this is a huge one this fossil fuel thing because you can't get around it if you burn it it goes into the atmosphere and there are some people who are looking at ways to sequester car carbon or pull it out of the atmosphere but there isn't anything nothing exists yet that really can do address it that way. What we know is that if we don't burn it, it doesn't go into the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And what what they've also calculated is how much they can how much can be burned before we make it impossible for humans to live on the planet. And I don't have all those numbers correct in my head in terms of where the, what these limits are and where the lines are that they're drawing, but what I do remember very clearly and it's really on my mind is this idea that it was something like 500 and something units of something I, I and and that that would be the limit that that much more being burned but at the same time there's already five times that amount owned you know in reserve by these companies that are mining drilling sucking it up out of the earth um and and they have every intention to burn that fossil fuel. And it's something like $30 trillion worth of profit that's on the line there. And that that's where I feel like it's, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, taxes around it, making it more expensive. Um, and, and all of that, in my mind, is doesn't really address the issue because I feel like it's saying, well, we can make it, let's make it harder for people to destroy our habitat, our only habitat. And I feel like the answer should be no. That's, that's a place where we draw the line. No, no more. No, We're, that's the limit. That's, what the, that's, that's as far as it goes. We have to make the difficult choices. We have to make a stand. And how do we do that um, when we're up against a lot of systems that are, are ineffective at best right now or uh, our political system has has a lot of of issues you know our social systems have a lot of issues our infrastructure has a lot of issues we just like we're talking about the you know the option of public transportation doesn't exist for a lot of people because they just don't live near it or you know we live we live you know 35 miles from where we work you know and those and that's been a sustainable lifestyle right. but it no longer is um so, <sighs> there are lots of countries where it would be perfectly common for there to be a rail line coming right. out this way. Right. And you could drive a short mm -hmm. distance, hop on the train, right. and go into the city. Yeah. So I guess where, where I want to go today is just thinking about, I mean, that's really overwhelming for me. I don't have even the slightest answer yet as to what my role is in moving us in that direction, but I guess I'm deciding not to stop there, not to let overwhelm or feelings, you know, that I, the feelings I described earlier be the place where I stop and turn off, turn off again. I don't think that I, I think that it's, it's always one step at a time, no matter what you're taking on. And if you don't know what to do yet, you probably just don't have enough information yet. So that's, that's where I'm hoping I can start to get clearer is to get more information. Anything you want to say? Um, 
I mean, that's the first step. And I want to, hopefully there's going to be a podcast where we get to talk about what we figured out and what we did and how that worked or didn't. I guess for me right now, it's been, it's been enough of a step just to start talking about this with people. Yeah. I mean, going to this thing tomorrow is, it's good. Yeah. I mean, just to, to go and be around other people who have a concern right. and are willing to show up and talk about it and hear other people and expose themselves to more of a community. Yeah. I think that really helps to not feel like you're doing trying to figure this out all by yourself. Yeah, and I think you're right. And it's obviously something that as individuals, we're going to have limited impact. Yeah, it's just too big. Yeah. Yeah, we can't feel like we're trying to take it on by ourselves. Right. You're so smart. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm so smart, too, I will say, since you haven't said it. but. <laughs> so, yeah, so I am looking forward to tomorrow. And I'm, I will say that when, when we did the big, um, when they, because I didn't go, um, did the big uh, march in, in New York earlier, it was it in the spring this year? Yeah, anyway. Um, no, it was in 2014, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a long while ago. It was pretty cold. Oh, okay, so maybe it was fall or winter. Okay. But in any case, I didn't go. And I knew a friend who was going, and I I declined to go, and I kind of felt guilty about it, but I really wanted to just go for a bike ride that day. And I don't feel... It's funny, I mentioned to someone that I was going to be going to this, and I heard them talk about... You know, I could tell they were in the place I used to be in, where I could tell they felt bad, like... It, it put them in a... I wasn't trying to make them feel bad. And I didn't reassure in any way, And I, but I didn't try to make them feel bad. I mean, it really just... I just let it... I nodded and smiled, but in a friendly, not smirky way. <laughs> but, um, but I guess the point is... What is my point? I don't know what my point is. Something shifted for me. And I think that was part of it, was seeing the people around me shift, and that made me think huh, what's going on that the people around me who I didn't even know were thinking about it feel so moved to go to New York and and be part of this event. And I, who think I'm so, you know, concerned, still would think it's more important to go to a, for a bike ride that day. So, I mean, I don't feel su- superior or something. I don't feel, like, sanctimonious about the fact I'm going. I just feel glad that something's lining up better for me, That that going and hearing and meeting people and and kind of getting a sense of what's the lay of the land and the state we live in on this issue mm-hmm. feels like something that, like I feel ownership of my world in a way that I didn't right. used to. That's right. that's the bottom line. So Just the fact that you'd be willing to set aside a good part of a Sunday right. to go and do this. Yeah. 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 Good well, job. Thank you. You too. Thanks. I'm glad you wanted to go with me. Yeah. So, um, so I look forward to telling you all about it, or we, we can do that together, and maybe I'll meet some people who will want to be part of this podcast, and, you know, we'll keep you posted, we'll keep on trucking on this issue, not trucking, keep on pedaling, how about that? <laughs> all right, thanks again. Oh, let me just say, this website, uh, this, this podcast has a website now, it's called Hello CC H E L L O C C dot info. Hello CC dot info. And I will post uh, episodes there, but you can subscribe via iTunes or Stitcher. 
Um, there's a link to subscribe um, from iTunes um, on the website, but you can also email me. If you have ideas for the show, I'd love to hear. Um, give us comments. Um, rate us on iTunes. It'll help people find the podcast. Thank you. Goodbye for now. Bye, Jim.